So this morning, actually, I'm going to speak about the power of declaration and why we are doing them. Okay? And, you know, it's just worth mentioning, but in the last month, we had four or five testimonies just on the financial issue. There's much more going on. But on the financial issue, God has released to us as a community more than £30,000. Wow. Different yeah. people, different for different reasons. Mm. And so that's only just the last month's testimony. And I know of people who got new jobs. Um, I remember a, a young a lady approaching me after, uh, I think the last time I preached, she said, oh, you declare something about breaking depression. I went home, I felt much better, and that week I was able to get a job. Wow. Come on. Wow. You know, so, so God is good at declaration do work. But we're going to see it's not just a magical process. So I'm going to unpack, you know, why, uh, why it's important to declare and how that works and what is a biblical perspective on, on declaration. Is that okay for a point? Okay. Well, you know, when we speak, what happens is life is released. That's what happened. That's as simple than that. And Bill Johnson often say that nothing happens in the kingdom without first a declaration. Okay, And I'm going to show you that God himself in the Bible, he declares and things comes into being. We're going to see that that's what Jesus did too. We're going to unpack that. Jesus did that, that as well. His disciple did it as well. And we are called to do it. That's a very simple message, right? Mm, <laughs> so this is what we're going to look at this morning. Okay. So declaring, it is how God works. If you uh, read Romans 4, verse 17, I absolutely love it. It's like a little nugget in the middle of a passage who talks about Abraham's faith. There is that little nugget in one sentence who says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Right in the middle of this just one sentence. Such a rich revelation there that actually there's two things that happen with God. He's able to bring dead things into life. Okay? But he's able as well to create something out of nothing. Wow! This is our God. This is our God. That's why we can't just look at our physical eyes. You know, I love uh, what Andrew started to, to, to think about, you know, it's by faith. Mm. It's by faith. Okay? I'm not going to look at what I can see. It's by faith. Yes? And in creation, you could look at Genesis chapter 1. I'm not going to look in detail. But that's how God created the whole world. Let there be He spoke. Mm. Let there be light. Let there be heaven and earth separating water, you know, and the rest of the chapter. Nine times, God said, let there be, and there was, out of nothing. Mm. And then out of nothing, he said, he spoke, and then he called things by their names. Unbelievable. And actually, throughout the Bibles, that's what God does with people too. He unlocks prophetic destinies of people in the same way. So, for example, he can speak to Abraham and Sarah and say, you guys are going to have a multi-generation impact. You're going to 
have multitude out of you. And he spoke to them. And actually, Sarah, the mo- at that point, is barren. But God has spoken. And what happened in the story is a dead womb becomes, comes alive. Can you see? He does the same thing with Gideon. He says to him, mighty man of valor, go and save Israel from the Midian. And actually, at that point, when you read the story, Gideon is like shaking in his boots. And he doesn't look very much like a mighty man. Okay? But God spoken, mighty man. This is your calling. Okay? And the same thing with Peter. You will build my church. Let's face it. Would I have chosen Peter? No. Myself? No. <laughs> because he didn't look very trustworthy, right? You know, Peter, the guy who just went like, hop, chop the ears of the, you know, and re- <coughs> denied Jesus three times. You know, would you have chosen Peter? I don't know. But God did, because he knew him, and he called him. Again, he called him. He called him. You see, God has no problem, no problem to call, uh, he's, he's got no problem calling an apple tree an apple tree. Even if the tree is dead. Even if the tree has absolutely no fruit, God knows it's an apple tree. So he says it as it is. He calls this tree an apple tree. Actually, in one sense, it's us who have the problem of vision, right? So for example, if I show you this little picture, and I said to you, Ooh, what are those trees? I mean, don't ask me. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm looking at it. I mean, some specialists among us might know. But honestly, if you're not a specialist, you don't know, right? So you kind of need uh, this to kind of vaguely know. Because you can see the fruit. So when you see the fruit, you say, ah, ah, that's an apple tree. That's a plum tree. That, yeah, you get me. But God sees the end result before it appears. Even out of dead thing, is able to make the end result and the fruit. So we're not thinking like God and we need to start to think like God in that sense. So words and the words of God have the power to bring dead things to life and they have the power to create something out of nothing. And it's why we love going to the street and prophesy to non-Christian. When we do that, effectively, we are prophesying to dead trees. They're not saved yet. We know that. But God, but God, his promises are true for them too. So we are calling out the life in them in the same way that God does, God does with the dead things. Doesn't make sense? Mm. So, what about Jesus? Well, Jesus is our model. Would you agree? He's really a powerful model. And I love uh, in John 1, because in John 1 you can see, uh, when you read the whole chapter, it's, it's quite complex sometimes. You read it and you reread it again. But in essence, what does he say? He says that Jesus himself is the word of God. Jesus is the full embodiment of all that is God. So if you want to know who God is, you look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the ultimate declaration of God's goodness and love. You agree? That is why that in John 6 verse 63 it says that Jesus said to his disciples, the words I've spoken to you 
They are full of the spirit and life. <coughs> His words are full of the spirit and life. When we know this, when we know this, we can say like the centurion in Matthew 8, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word, Jesus. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. When we know Jesus, we know his words are full of power and life. Yeah? So when Jesus speaks, the kingdom comes. The kingdom comes. You see it throughout the whole gospel. Jesus speaks, the kingdom comes. He can say to the demonized, be silent, come out of him. He can say to the leprosy, be clean. He could say to the paralytic, pick up your bed and go home. He can say to the storm, even the natural element, be quiet. He can say to the sick, be healed of your disease. He could say to the dead, arise. He could speak to the deaf here and say, be open right now. One word of Jesus brings life, brings the kingdom. Can you see it? Mm. Now, we are called to do the same. That's, the great, that's what we call the Great Commission. We are called to become His hands, His feet, His mouthpiece. So we are called to speak. To speak life and release the kingdom around us. That's our call as people. You see here, this is what we, we want in His house. A deep prophetic culture. Mm. Amen. And that's what we're declaring. Now, when we're declaring... We're not declaring just for the sake of declaring. Okay? It is not like we're repeating a mantra. Or it is not like we have a new age positive thinking going on. Because, I mean, we, we talked to Buddhists yesterday. Isn't we? Uh, they speak mantra over themselves. They don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> so that's like they don't know what they're talking about, literally. And they're hoping that that repetition will bring something good. Okay? That's not what we're doing. God is not like an automatic distributor. And so it's not because we're declaring that we're getting. If it was the case, that means that we will use our own effort in order to get something out of God. It would not be grace. It would not be the Spirit of God. So it is not what we're talking about here. And it's not as well about nagging God, saying, if I repeat it, you know, like children who do a tantrum, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak, and go on and on and on and on and on and on, and thinking, well, parents are going to get tired, I'm going to get my sweet, I mean, I'm going to get Yes? It's not that. We're not nagging God, hoping he's going to answer. This is not what's happening when we, we really go for declaration. When we go for declaration, it's about... Hearing God's heart for us and for others, it's about being connected to the Father, all right? Knowing His will, believing the truth, and start declaring what's going to happen by faith. Yes? You see, it's a completely different perspective. So actually, when we declare... What's happening when we declare is that we are becoming responsible people. It's like we have a mandate. We have a job to do in our lives, in others' lives. You know? We start to believe we can affect. 
our lives, we can affect other people's lives. We have a mandate. We're taking our responsibility seriously. That's what we're doing when we declare. Yeah? For example, uh, in this house, we so believe that we have a mandate to bless SE18. Mm. We believe that. We believe for excellent education. We believe for great jobs. We believe for entrepreneurs. We believe for good NHS service. We believe for people to be saved. We believe people to be Christ. We believe for the rate of cancer and all sorts of disease going down. We believe for other community who have never heard about Jesus. They will. We believe all sorts of these things for SED. So we start declaring it because we know God told us you have to, you have a mandate for SED. So we're taking it seriously. That's what we're doing when we are starting by us and declaring, you know, for us the things we need. Okay? We're taking it seriously. Okay, so let's have a little look at how it works, shall we? Okay. So how it works. Well, our words are powerful. And I think nothing um, more than James 3 in the Bible will illustrate that. So you could read that at home. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. You know, you could read for yourself. James 3, it talks about the tongue being a small part of the body, but one who can control your whole life. Like a rudder, is is that the right pronunciation? Like a rudder in a ship. You know that little plank at the end who goes like this. And basically when you turn, the rudder turns and the whole ship is able to move because that small thing is moving in the water. So, our tongues are powerful. They are powerful. Our whole life can be affected by what we say. Okay? It's very important we listen to what we're saying. Even in Proverbs 18, verse 20, when it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We often stop there, but we forgot the little bit at the end. So we can bless, we can curse. You don't even need to be Christian. You know the effects of people who are negative and start to curse. You can see it in families when children have been really uh, rejected by their parents or words have been spoken to them, how they can feel bullied and completely diminish in their identity. You know that. So, tongues, the power of our words is so incredible and it's in the Bible. It's when we recognize its power that we can use that to produce fruit. Mm. It's only those who love it, who practice it, who will get fruit. Mm. Yeah? Now, I think you see with declaration there's two dimensions. There's the dimension of supernatural. So for example, one, uh, sometime God will give you a word, a prophetic word, and you will speak it and it will produce life. That's the supernatural dimension of a word given by God. It's exactly what happened to Ezekiel uh, in chapter 37 when God comes to Ezekiel and says, oh, Look at my people, the lost hope. Go 
And he gave this picture of the valley of dry bones, yeah, if you know this passage. And he said, go and speak life to the bones. <coughs> okay? That's a prophetic word that, uh, with the objective of really bringing hope to the people. So, declaration can be like that. You have a specific word from God. And he told you, right now, I'm doing this. And you could declare it in the atmosphere. Okay? We have from time to time done that because, I mean, sometimes I've got a clear word and God says, no, that's it. I am now uh, dealing with depression. I can, so I can declare and say, God is releasing life. Depression go in the name of Jesus. That's the word of life right now. Yeah? But declaration, you see, works in another way. They as well have a sowing and reaping principle. That is the one where you have the responsibility to speak God's truth. You have the responsibility to sow good seed. Okay? Am I right? So basically, if you speak truth, you will reap fruits. That's the sowing and reaping thing. And that is always true because it's one of the law how things work. That's how God created the, the earth. Listen, even non-Christians have realized this principle. So for example, the Buddhists are super good at that. They've understood that gratitude and thankfulness is super important. They've understood that speaking positive is really important. So you've got a guy, a famous uh, researcher called, a Japanese guy, who's called Dr. Masaru Emoto, I don't know if you've ever seen that on YouTube, but this guy has done a lot of experience with water and rice. And what he does, he takes rice, for example, he puts them in, in three jars. One, hate, love, ignore. And he spends some time going to speak over the jar. And he speaks over the jar words of affirmation, and one curses, really, and the other one just ignore. And actually, he's seen, he has seen that the rice that was cursed rot super fast and became really, really, really black. And that was not the, the, the case of the, the rice who was spoken with love. Yeah? And it made many, many experiments like that with water and, and you know, I'm not going to go in great detail. But you could see the power of what is a real thing. It's a sowing and a reaping principle. Okay? So, you know, the, 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 the fact of speaking good words, to be thankful and grateful, will bless you. Because that's how God created the life. Now, we've got to really see how God wants to use that for the supernatural, for the prophetic, in, in another dimension. Yes? So, for example, uh, let, let me just give you an example. If suddenly you have a promise from God, or a prophetic word from God, okay? So that's the word of God. That's the word of God. It is your responsibility to go away and believe it, and start to speak and declare, and start to sow the seed, so you will see that promise grow. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. If you receive the promises from God, God said, I can sit now. He's going to make it happen. No, it's never like that. 
is actually, I receive the word, I believe it, God, I am now going to align myself to what you believe Amen. about me. What is the seed? What are the seeds? So you start to partner with God. It's the sowing and reaping principle. Can you see that? Mm. Uh, I love, absolutely love the um, Steve Backlund illustration uh, at uh, John uh, the Baptist's birth. Okay? It's, it's really fantastic. The angel come, okay, and say to Zechariah, you're going to have a son, and he gives the all account what's going to happen. And actually, Zechariah at that moment doesn't really believe it. And it says that the angel pretty much took the voice out of Zechariah. So, um, Steve Backlund often, often said, yes, what he did is press the mute button. <laughs> He pressed the mute button because Zechariah just got this fantastic promise about a song. Okay? He had nothing good to say about it. He was not believing it at all. So God went, okay, let's have you not speak for a while because this is not going to help. <laughs> I mean, can you see the point? And actually, when uh, the John the Baptist was, was born then, you can read that in Luke 1 by the way, so when John, um, John the Baptist was then born, and he was able to, to write the name, yes he will be called John, then suddenly he received his voice back interesting no? okay, so how can we be more effective in declaring, how can we not just stop at, okay Sowing and reaping in general, but now I want to partner with God in the prophetic destiny that is called me. <coughs> you know? Let's have a little look. Okay. The first point I would like to say about that is that we are called to overflow. We are called to overflow. And the question is, what are we overflowing with? Amen. Because we are God's vessel. And I love this verse in Romans 15, verse uh, 13, who says that, we read it here, the God of hope fills us with joy and peace so that we can overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. So what are we overflowing with? If, if we are God's vessel, we can overflow with joy, peace, hope. Yeah? So are we doing that? Or are we producing sewage water? <laughs> That's my picture here. Sewage water. What I mean by that is, God is in us, but really, if we let our heart cripple with all the lies, all the doubt, all the selfish ambition, we are really going to struggle to overflow of God. We are going to overflow sewage water. I don't know if that's going to bless the community. The sewage water comes with many diseases. <laughs> I am not going to get there. But you know that. Sewage water is really, it's important it does not overflow. <laughs> so we have to plug, put a plug on it or get rid of it. Okay? Uh, if we are struggling with lies, doubt, selfish ambition, you know, God is for us. He loves us. He's not going to leave us there. And therefore, in this situation, God gives you the declaration as a tool to renew your mind. Okay? You know, it's the best, best, best spiritual warfare you can do. 
is to declare things over yourself. The enemy would love you to just focus on him in a corner, completely disconnected to you. But actually, the Bible says that he's the prince of the air and he's the prince of lies. And his number one strategy is to lie to you and put lies in your heart. So, if you could deal with the lies in your heart, it's the number, it's, it's, it's like the best thing you could do in terms of spiritual warfare. Honestly, it's true. Let's have a little look how it works. Okay? So, declaration are tools for personal transformation. They are there so we can overflow the life of God. Okay? How it works. Effectively, when we declare, we are taking the, Corinth, the 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, verse super seriously. And what we're saying is, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. We are saying, not on my watch. Not on my watch. I am not having that. God's opinion is much more important than my own. God's opinion is much more important than other people's opinion, that my neighbor's opinion, that anyone's <coughs> opinion. That's what we say when we are starting to declare God's perspective. Okay? And how it works practically. Well, we believe the Roman 10 verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. So when you hear a promise, okay, at first, if you don't believe it that much, make sure you hear it a lot, okay? Look at the promises, hear it, okay? Hear it, okay? And start to declare the truth. So for example, I put the verse of Joel 3, 7, uh, 10, who is very famous. It says, let the weak say I am strong. Yeah. So if you think, oh, I'm weak, uh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Then you start to speak the truth of God. You say, okay, I am feeling weak, but in your words, you say I'm strong. So I believe your perspective. I believe, God, that you are my strength. I believe that you send the Holy Spirit. So I am empowered to now live today. And I believe you have resources for me today. And you declare everything you know that will strengthen you. You see, it's not about denying your experience or your emotions. It's just about not agreeing with it. So it's okay to say, yep, I am weak. It's okay to say that. We're not going, you know, I've heard people who are really ill, really ill, they have a disease. And they said to me, oh no, I'm ill in the name of Jesus. I said, no, clearly you're not. You're, you're, you're sick. Yeah. So it's okay to say, yes. I am him, and right now um, I have this disease, and it, 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 is, it is a struggle. But you do not stay there. Amen. What you do then, you take it to the next and say, okay, this is my state, but I'm not agreeing with it. And I am telling, I am telling myself that this is not God's will for me to stay there. So what I'm doing then is I'm starting to declare all the promises of God for me in that moment. I am saying, yes, Jesus, you are the healer. Yes, your will is to obliterate that disease because you died for that. And then I'm saying, yes, you are going to be my strength day to day. It might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be you know, later on, but it will happen that God, you will come because I know it's your will. 
So you start to declare, you renew your mind, you decide to agree with God's word. You're not denying your present. You just say, I am not staying here. You prophesy over yourself and you will start to believe because faith comes by hearing. Okay? And when we hear, we, we start to believe. Sometimes your feelings will not be there. And it will take time for your feeling to catch up. And you won't feel it. You'll say, no, I'm declaring this. I know it's the truth. I'm not feeling it. Just be persistent. Persistent. Because it's not because you're not feeling it that it's not true. True. Yes. You get me, yeah? It's not because you're not, uh, I don't know. It's not because you're not feeling uh, gravitation that gravitation is not true. Okay? And thank God it's true. <laughs> because then I would be flying away to the moon right now. <laughs> but it's true, yes? I'm not feeling it, personally. Do you feel gravitation? No. But it's true. You know what I'm saying? It's the same. There's a lot of things we don't see. They are still true. It's the same way. If you don't feel it, you persist and you still declare. And you will start to overflow with God's, you know, God's, um, God's truth, really. Now, what we want, so, you know, it's interesting because if we stay here, it's good, the declaration is working, we know how it's working, brilliant. But, you know, to overflow with God, the source of life, the most important thing is to actually be connected to the source of life. Alright? Because otherwise... Is not going to get us very far. You agree? Okay. What is interesting is, and I love this uh, illustration of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones in chapter 37, verse 4. The verse here says, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bone, hear the word of the Lord. And then it says, I will cause breath to you and you shall leave. You see, God commissioned Ezekiel. Ezekiel did the hard work. <laughs> I just Ezekiel believed, yes, and he obeyed. This is not easy sometimes. He believed and he obeyed and he spoke. But who did the miraculous? Who did the miraculous? God. Okay? So, if we want to overflow with life, we have to be connected to the source of life. It's the most important thing. Because otherwise, we're in danger of speaking empty words, which are not very supported by faith. So, we want to be connected to the source of life. The third point in this area is as well that we need to live from our true identity. And I can't develop the whole thing there because, you know, that would be like preachers and preachers, you know. But you know, you need to know that you are son and daughter of Father God because this will give you the certitude that you can access the Father's resources. Okay? If you are not very confident in declaring, I would suggest to you Look at your identity and what you believe about your identity. Because often, 
it's because something is missing right now. When you are connected to a good father, you know you can access the resources of heaven. You know it's for you. You know your authority in Christ as well. You know that you are seated in, with him in the highest places. There's hundreds of verses behind all of that, by the way. You know your royalty. Okay? And so it's really in union with Christ that we have the authority we need to do the job. It's only in union with Christ we have the authority to bring the Great Commission. It's in union with Christ that we have the authority to speak the demons and they will go. And that we will speak words of healing and the thing will, I mean, the people will believe. It's in union with Him. So let me finish with this really important last point. Okay? Intimacy with God is the absolute key. If you want your declaration to be effective, Intimacy with God is the absolute key. We are not declaring outside of the will of God. We are not magically hoping that things will appear. We are in a relationship with a good God, a good Father. I will encourage you all, okay, to read John 14, 15, 16 in one go. It will change your life. Read it not with religious eyes, you know, because I used to read it and it was quite religious. Like, oh yes, I need to abide and obey. And, uh, you know, and, but I was an orphan, so it was like, oh yes, God, God, you know. So read it as I am a son and a daughter of the mighty God and read John 14, 15, 16 in one go. I really encourage you to do that because in it you will see the incredible, the incredible power of what it means to be in unity with God. Amen. You know that all business that I am, Jesus says, I am in the Father. You know, and you are in me, and I am in you, and I am Holy Spirit, and I am, you know, the one, and you are the branch. Can you see all these pictures that speak about unity with Him? Unity with Him. Whoa. This is good. And in this context of loving Him and abiding in Him, He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in Me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things. It's only in this context that we can do greater things than Him because we are connected and overflowing with the source of life. Whoa. I just want to finish by this comment. You know, my ambition in life, and I, and I hope it will be your ambition as well, it is to be called His friend. Wow. The friend of God. And if you look again at this verse in John 15, verse 15 and 16, and I'm going to read it, there's two verses there. If you're patient with me, you'll see the point. (laughs) Uh, It says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants 
Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What he will give you? Whatever. Whoa. The first time I read that, I said, what? Whatever I ask in your name, you will give me? Ah, so I read again. Did I read correctly? So I read again. And you know, there's a mystery there. And in John 16, you carry on. And you repeat twice again. Truly I said. So, there's no mistake. Jesus was not, uh, you know, strange on that day. No mistake whatsoever. In the next chapter, you repeat twice. Truly I said. Because you know me and you know the Father. Whatever you will ask, I will give you in my name. Oh, okay. So, something happened when we love him. Something happened when we obey it. When we, bo- sorry, when we obey him. When we obey him, his heart as a father rejoices. His heart, it says in 16, exactly that. My father's heart rejoices. And his heart rejoices so much in this moment that actually God can trust us with the asking. He can trust us with the asking and we can grow in favor because we are so, so connected to him. We are so, so one. We so, so love each other. We so, so love his word. We are so, so full of him. That we can ask whatever. He trusts us. So we start to partner with him as his friend. Mm. Can you see this level of declaration? Wow, this is a mystery. We are going there to the next step, I tell you. Mm. This is not just, I'm, I'm declaring because it's good. It's actually, I know my father and I can start to partner with him. And he can trust me with new things. Isn't it good? Mm. Isn't it good? So I want to finish that there. If you could close your eyes and Jimmy will come properly. I would just pray that over you. Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your only son Jesus. Thank you that you called us to have this amazing close relationship with you. There's no divide There's no division, there's no barrier for us to access you, Father, because of him, because of Jesus. Thank you that even when Jesus went back to to sit at your side, you sent the Holy Spirit. You sent the Holy Spirit, so you live in us right now. And Father, I say, let us be your son and daughter. Let us be your friends. Your friends, the one who love you are so connected to you that you can entrust us that we will start to believe the thing we're saying the truth that we are talking 
that we will start to believe them, that we will see transformation for ourselves first and for others, Lord. Let us bring the kingdom that we are called to do. Thank you that you have actually given us every single tool that we need to do the Great Commission. Amen. Yeah. Everything you have prepared in advance. Mm. We believe in you, Jesus, and we say, Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen.